Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. It's Michael Martin. Happy Friday. So yesterday we talked uh, with no ambiguity on how you have to respect risk in commodity futures and that good futures trading is good stop placement trading. But for those of you, as you evolve, you might find yourself in a spot where you actually want to add incremental risk to your portfolio. And that can come for two different reasons. One is you don't put your optimal bet size on in your first, you know, your first go at it. You kind of step into the trade, you put on maybe a fraction of the position and you add the, the second part or the third part and or the fourth part after the fact, once the thing shows you some promise. You know, people refer to this aspect of trading as adding to winners. So, you know, it all comes down to what your optimal bet size is. You know, if you are being trained or were trained under Richard Dennis and Bill Deckhart, Bill Eckhart, you are, you know, having a constant risk unit and you add it up to four directional units in that particular commodity. Then those commodities were grouped, say for them in the metals and or the energies where you might have had gold, silver, platinum, and copper, right? So you would they would limit the number of directional units to the group so that because everything's correlated. And same thing with energy, you know, or say the grains, right? Corn, wheat, soybeans, bean oil, bean meal. And then with energy, you would have crude, gasoline, heat and oil. Heat and, oil. and so that was all to kind of think in terms of the cyclicality and how a lot of these things move in lockstep and they're highly correlated. Uh, obviously, when things go reversed, all the correlations go to one. Anyway, so you might find that you you need a little bit more proof before you actually have on your ultimate, ultimate bet size. So you might only put, say, one half or one third or a quarter of your optimal bet size on at one time, which means at the very beginning, you don't have enough risk on but you're waiting for the market to show you that it's going to move in the right direction before you step in. You know, some people think that adding your optimal bet size in in one fell swoop at one time is a show of ego. Um, I have mixed emotions about it. I think it can be both. It can be ego, but if you've back-tested a set of rules, sometimes it makes a lot of sense to kind of step into something, especially if you have high degree of leverage uh, in the instrument you're trading like you can with, um, you know, options, derivatives, and commodity futures. So the way you add to winners or add risk is also by stop. And that can be, you know, a fraction of the ATR. It could be a full increment of the ATR. You can use standard deviation. Heck, you can wait for it to trade through the next level of resistance for all I care. There's a million ways to do it. The point being, though, is that you can control yourself and your behavior a lot better if you kind of add to your winners using stop orders as well, right? And earlier this week, we talked about pretty much binary decisions, adding risk and removing risk and using stops to do that. We talked about having buy stops in above the market, let the market come to you, let the momentum kick in and go through your stop and take the trade away, right? There's only three things that can happen when you're long. It can go up, it can go sideways, and it can go down. So... Um, you know, in one of those cases, you lose money. In the middle case where it stays flat, you have opportunity cost, but you still have unlimited loss potential because given the nature of the instrument. So a couple of things here. One, if you are in a trade and you go along with a fractional fraction of a risk unit and the instrument stalls, you can program in your rules something known as a time stop. 
and a time stop is about time. It says, okay, after 48 hours of getting long, if this thing is XYZ percent in and around where I got or added the risk and it hasn't moved, I'm offsetting the trade. Momentum didn't follow through and take the instrument to the highs that I thought it would at or through my stop. It kind of took me to the stop and stalled. And a lot of pros employ what's called a time stop, which is based on time. And it doesn't matter if it's plus a little bit or minus a little bit. If the thing doesn't follow through, they just offset the risk right then and there. Um, that's a market order, by the way. You know, you want to make sure that the momentum trades through. Sometimes it just, you got bad luck and it stalls right where you get stopped. And now you're in, you have risk, say you're long. And the thing is, you know, a couple ticks above or beyond and it stays there the next day. Uh, in my experience, I've just offset the risk right then and there. Take it off the screen. Take it out of the portfolio. In the event that the market does follow through, you don't want to chase it. You still want to do things very methodically and have a systematized set of rules that will say, okay, if certain criteria are hit, my orders will be elected, right? And that's what happens with the stop. The price trades at or through your stop. And at that moment when it does it, it becomes a market order and you get filled next in line. And so that's the beauty of it is that you don't have to worry about employing your will. You don't have to worry about fear of missing out. You don't have to worry about any fear or greed. You know, if you can feel those feelings and not sabotage your orders, you know, the feelings might be very real for you and they might be running through your body and very, very strong. But if you can put your stops in and let the stops do the work, broker dealer, FCM, introducing broker, be very happy to fill those orders for you. And if the market doesn't go to you or go to your stop, then you don't have the risk, right? Because the last thing you want to do with futures is get long or short something and then have momentum stall, especially with the fact that there's unlimited loss potential. Now, there is a way to also add to your winners too, and that is if you add you know, constant risk units, you might say, well, my risk unit in crude oil is two contracts, so you're going to add two, 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 two. Every half ATR with, say, four directional units is certainly a popular way. Um, but here's the problem, and that is if you find yourself getting long three risk units on the same day, you can have the thing stolen kind of come back to where you added your second risk unit. Now, if you're doing that every one half ATR, you know as well as I do the big light bulbs going off. Now you've got three risk units long, but you're at break even because the gains on your first unit are offset by the losses on the second, and the second's at break even. Right. So I don't like that situation. So I have a rule in my own trading where I don't add three risk units in the same day. And that doesn't come easy. It's not a decision I just made off the top of my head. I've tested these things until my eyes are bleeding. And I've looked back at my performance. I look back at how I felt. I've looked back at all the work that I've done. And this is just where I'm at right now. Um, We'll get into you know the tactics of that probably in a video because it's hard to visualize on a damn podcast. The other way you could do it is pyramiding, and pyramiding assumes a smaller bit of contracts or a smaller risk unit as the price goes above that original entry so that if it does reverse down, you have less at risk if markets get overextended. So whereas with your first piece of crude, you might have two contracts, and then you'll add one more contract above it. So that this way, if the market does come down and you're at break even on your first two contracts, the losses that you will have are the loss that you will have on your on your second risk unit 
will be smaller. So it's less painful if there is a stall or a bit of a reversal in that market. And then lastly, I'll leave you with this. Taking profits, you can minimize that as well by trailing with a trailing stop uh, below the market. So I don't call it a stop loss because you're not losing. You're just not making as much, right? To me, a protective stop, when you first put the risk on, there's your stop loss. But if I get long, you know, gold at 1800 and it goes to 19 and my stop is at 1860, that's not a stop loss. It's a stop, you know, giving back unrealized gains. I'm still making money. And I like to play with language like that because I think the things that you say to yourself can kind of condition you yourself to think and feel a certain way. So I try to get real clear about what it is that I'm doing. I don't like to say things like, oh my God, that's unbelievable. Because then it puts me in a certain frame of mind like that, you know, there's other forces at work other than the work that I'm putting in or that somehow I don't deserve the, the abundance that's coming to me in the ever-evolving moment of right here, right now. You could also deploy some swing trading tactics on those exits as well. Once you're in a profitable trade, you might find that structure is a better way to trail. Meaning if you're, uh, you know, say for example, crude ATR right now is 282 basis. The, I think I was looking at the July's today, 282, 20 day ATR. So you might find that support though is only $1.40 below the current level in which case it might make sense for you to raise your stop to right below the support because that will improve your exit. It'll preserve more capital if you're making money than to wait for your trailing one ATR stop to happen. There's a million ways to slice and dice it, trying to keep it simple because you can't visualize it through an MP3 podcast. But anyway, tool, these stop orders are, like I said, they're a way of life for a futures trader, and I hope you embrace them and incorporate them of course, if you have any questions on the tactics or the usage or the whys of it all, you might be feeling strong feelings. So we can talk about those feelings as well as the whys and why you're asking the question. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, also get your free copy of the audiobook version of the Inner Voice of Trading. Uh, I wish you, I hope you had a really great week. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you uh, next Monday. Bye bye.